Wednesday, November 15th, having a conversation concerning today's headlines and real-life challenges. I'm Tom Lamprecht, along with Pastor Harry Reeder. Stay with us as we apply a biblical worldview with gospel solutions to put the issues of today in perspective. Harry, on this Wednesday, I'd like to do a lightning round with you. First story up, Kentucky governor calls for any elected official who has settled a sexual harassment claim to resign. Kentucky Governor Matt Bevan called for elected officials and state employees who have settled sexual harassment claims to resign, saying such behavior falls below the moral standard expected of them. When I heard that, I was just so overwhelmed with the moral clarity that this governor has brought. I mean, he could easily just dodge this and say, well, we don't know why they settled this and why they settled that. Maybe it was expedient. He said, no, if you handle this with an out-of-court settlement, and certainly if it went through the court case and you were convicted, that is unacceptable behavior in the lives of our leaders of our state. We are saying you ought to resign. It is your ethical responsibility. Of course, the occasion is a Republican, Speaker of the House in Kentucky. He had a sexual harassment case that was settled out of court. It's now become clear. He said he wasn't going to resign. He did resign the Speaker of the House, but he is continuing to be a representative from his district. When the governor was asked, that was his response. There are some people that perhaps it was questionable as to whether what they did was truly a matter of sexual harassment, but there are insurance companies that will say, look, let's just settle anyway and just move on. Now people are going to say, no, no, if I'm not guilty, I'm not guilty. I'm not going to settle to move on. I don't care what it costs. I've got to protect my name and my reputation. I think one of the things that would greatly help us in public policy, though, is to legislate a law. If you bring a case and lose it, and the judge affirms it as a frivolous case, then the people who brought the case have to pay the lawyer's fees and the court expenses. That would cut down on some of these, because there are some people that bring law cases knowing that they wouldn't have a case if it got to court, but also knowing that insurance companies figure it'll cost us less to settle, and so they go ahead and settle. That is happening constantly, and that needs to stop. Speaking of harassment, Harry, the LGBTQ students at Azusa Pacific University, a Christian private school in Southern California, are now demanding that the school end its support of traditional marriage and its disapproval of same-sex relationships on campus. Basically, they're saying end your support of biblical morality. This all stems from a case where a line cook at the university is suing for harassment because he says that he faced verbal abuse by students and employees because he would not take the same biblical stand. He was challenged by the students when their discussions. So again, now we've got a situation where someone disagrees with me and I bring a lawsuit because I have a so-called right to go through life without being challenged intellectually, morally, or socially. If I'm challenged, that's tantamount to harassment goes on to say that the students are saying we must give up the biblical view of marriage and sexuality and move beyond its, quote, bigotry. 
what we have embraced as the high standards of ethical behavior, what is marriage and sexuality within a marriage defined by one man and one woman for one life, that now which has stood the test of time of morality, of ethical virtue, is now being called bigotry. Well, my goodness, it seems as if Jesus was right. What will happen if they call evil good and good evil? What will happen if the light is darkness and the darkness is light? How great is that darkness when you call the darkness light and the light darkness? For Christians, when that time comes, and even in this time, we just simply need to say, Jesus Christ is my Lord, and the Word of God is the final authority in my faith and practice. You may call sexuality within marriage and a marriage of one man and one woman bigotry. I call it faithfulness to the Word of God. Harry, let me take you to story number three. The Washington Examiner and the New York Times both did a detailed story on this a few days ago. Back on October the 24th, the D.C. Circuit Court said that an illegal youth by the name of Jane Doe must be released in order to have an abortion. That was on October the 24th. Attorneys from the Department of Justice went to the ACLU attorneys who were representing the young lady and asked when would the abortion take place. They assured them it would not happen for two days. However, those attorneys apparently rushed the girl in the very next morning and had the abortion. Now the Justice Department is asking the Supreme Court to review the case and bring disciplinary action to the ACLU attorneys who lied. Yes, this is very interesting. The Department of Justice is now on a case verdict that's already been made that said that the 17-year-old girl had the right to the abortion and the government would need to pay for this. And they rejected a governmental solution to turn it over to a private company. The court said she has the right to the abortion and the right to taxpayer funds to fund it. And then immediately the next day, she went and got the abortion, even though the lawyers had said on record that it would not take place for two days. The Justice Department has gone to the court to vacate the ruling. Why? They've stated two reasons. Number one is they want to wipe out the precedent that the taxpayers have to affirm a person's right to kill their child by paying for it. That is a violation of the laws governing the quote-unquote right to abortion in our nation. Secondly, they have done it to bring to bear the misconduct of the ACLU lawyers because they misrepresented and they lied, and therefore they are seeking for them to be either disciplined or dismissed from their credentials that is to be debarred. The precedent does need to be confronted because we must not get into a situation in which there's a precedent of taxpayer money funding the death industry of abortion. And then secondly, we need to hold the ACLU lawyers to their ethical obligations. Here are our final stories out of town hall. We all know that Bernie Sanders is pushing hard for single-payer health care, although he has a hard time proving how it is going to be paid for. Even the Washington Post said the high cost cannot be overcome. It's a train wreck for the working poor, they said. I want to point out in this one story, though, an Ontario doctor has now found out that the wait time for one of her patients in Canada to see a specialist, a neurologist, the wait time, four and a half years accessibility in the socialist system is a walking joke. They can't get in to see a neurologist in Canada for four years. Tell me how that's going to help you when you got a brain tumor. 
it is demonstrable that the care that is delivered, the technology that's developed, and the progress in research is totally undermined when you go to a socialist system and you lose out on competition and entrepreneurial dynamics built into the medical enterprise. And then number three, the cost factor goes out of the roof. It is beyond any expectations of what begins to happen. Yet we continually move toward the socialist offer thinking, oh, it's free. Nope. Wait till you see what happens to your taxes. Harry, our theme today are promises made and promises broken. How does the Christian react to these stories? You do not depend upon man and you do not depend even upon man's goodwill. We have to function with each other. We have to treat each other with dignity and respect. But there is only one who has made a covenant with promises and vows and have kept the vows and the promises are yes and amen because he has kept those vows. And that's the God of glory. And the covenant is the covenant of grace whereby Jesus Christ fulfilled the holiness of God and kept the oath of God, I will save my people. And on the cross, he paid for all the sins of all of his people so you could have everlasting life. And with that security that God has delivered on his promises in his son, in whom all of the promises of God are yes and amen. That's what enables you to live in a world where men and women constantly renege on their promises for self-absorption, self-advancement, and self-gratification. And you also live in a world where Christians imperfectly but purposefully try to imitate their Savior. And when we promise something, we say what we mean, mean what we say, and never be mean when you say it. Harry, we're out of time for today. We'll continue with Today in Perspective on Thursday. As we close out, let me remind our listeners to download the Briarwood app. It's a great resource, audio, video, and written resources that will challenge your walk in the Lord Jesus Christ. Simply go to your favorite app store, type in Briarwood PCA. It's yours at no cost. We'll do stop by again tomorrow, Thursday. We continue our conversation as we apply a biblical worldview to put the issues of today in perspective.